All right. Uh, we're back. Uh, I'm Ryan, creating a champion, McKenna. And I'm Harland, Oklahoma Cloud People Grant. And this is Dottler's Philosophy. Shorts! Shorts, we're still here, or we're again here, right? What is it? This philosophy of identity, is this still the same podcast, or is this a new version (laughs) of the podcast? Uh, Q, still the same, right, that song? But you sent me a nice letter, or a nice bottle, and that was Mm -hmm. fun. And now we're going to do one of these. Yeah, we're going to do one of these, these little shorts. And, and, And you have the topic i do i have a topic because i have a meme i want to get i want to get this started and i thought maybe our audience would be the perfect place to plant the seed and spread so anyway i'm going to throw at you a little a little idiom and see what you think and then i have a question based off of it that we can talk about in part when I thought of this thing, then I started thinking about uh, some of the Douglas Hofstadter stuff we had talked about before, because uh, he really likes these. And in that Surfaces and Essences book that we referenced in episode X, I don't remember those anymore. <laughs> he used to have that talent. Um, they talk a lot about how you know we think in analogies, and then sort of words themselves can be almost looked at as really, really compact, dead analogies that they just almost immediately get a semantic meaning instead of having to be told in a little parable or something. But they, he likes to make lists, and he's got all these things about Strike while the iron is hot. Look before you leap. Good things come in little packages, but the bigger the better. Nothing ventured, nothing gained, but better safe than sorry. And all of those yeah. kind of things. And like the sour grapes type deal, where there's these phrases that we can add into our, but we can put that in our idiomatic dictionary, and then we can sort of briefly reference new situations, and then perceive have different insights into various situations, like, oh, I think that's an instance of sour grapes. And then you can quickly encapsulate that and refer it to other people, and there's a lot of power that comes from having these idioms. They wrote, The act of recognizing in a given situation a case of a familiar proverb can cast new light on the situation. It provides a fresh, abstract, and non-obvious viewpoint going well beyond any situation's superficial details. There's magic in that. So I've got a little one of those that I think captures a scenario, a situation, uh, something out in the world that we don't have one for yet. And it goes like this. X is like... Putting thumbs on a penguin. 
Wank. And now you're allowed to say what? <laughs> like, so one of the reasons I like it, of course, is that that is uh, memorable and whimsical and, uh, and comedic almost. But what I mean by it, if you use that as an instance and label some situation as the putting of thumbs on a penguin, it's like removing from a given context a useful component and forcefully applying that component to a new context where it loses its former efficacy and becomes instead a hindrance. So something is really great over here. Mm -hmm. So since that's so great, I want to take that out and stick it over and give it to you. But then in this other place, maybe the thing isn't so useful. And the parable version of it is, I think I thought of this back when I was reading Tom Robbins's Even Cowgirls Get the Blues. The creators of Drugstore Cowboy and my own private Idaho now bring to the screen the extraordinary novel by Tom Robbins that enchanted a generation. Grandiose, lyrical, erotic, and Girl Scout oriented. Okay. In that story, it's about Sissy Hankshaw, the hitchhiker, who has a physiological abnormality that she had these gigantic thumbs. <laughs> and it was like, and it's sort of the Tom Robbins ethos that you take these things that may be handicaps or difficulties and you instead find the magic in them. So she's like, well, I got giant thumbs. I'm going to just like that about myself. What are thumbs good at? Hitchhiker. I'm going to become a hitchhiker or whatever. <laughs> in that book, he writes, In school, you learn it is the thumb that separates human beings from the lower primates. The thumb is an evolutionary triumph. Because of his thumbs, man can use tools. Because he can use tools, he can extend his senses, control his environment, and increase in sophistication and power. The thumb is the cornerstone of civilization. <coughs> <coughs> And, you know, uh, that's kind of a established meme in our culture. I remember Bill Hicks would always talk about the human beings he didn't like and say, they're yelling down there in Alabama, give us our thumbs, and that kind of, you know. It is frightening to know that in many parts of our world right now, people are yelling, revolution, revolution. And in other parts, they're yelling, evolution. <laughs> we want our thumbs. So thumbs are viewed as this really, really great, wonderful tool when they're on a primate. They, you know, now we can grasp and we can use tools and then it frees up our time so then we develop language and blah, 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 all this other stuff. So now imagine some, you know, take your pick, terraforming scientists on another planet, a supernatural deity with lots of power, whatever it is, that then tyrannically thinks, oh, look at those primates. They did really good. Why? Oh, because they got thumbs. Well, now I'm gonna, I want all the animals to have thumbs. So they take that idea and start sticking thumbs on all the other animals. What the hell happens when they get to a penguin? And I don't know the accuracy of this ignorant appraisal, but it <laughs> seems like to me, if you put these big fat sissy Hankshaw thumbs 
onto a penguin and then tried to have them swim around underwater that maybe it would uh it wouldn't be so smooth their rudder capacities would suck and they would be slower and they wouldn't be able to guide their direction and whatever you know maybe on certain animals thumb would be a bad thing so if that's makes any sense that's where this so that the long parable st version of why putting thumbs on a penguin is taking something good and making it bad by applying it in the wrong spot. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I think about what it would be like if a bird tried to fly and it had these thumbs facing forward, how that would also, and essentially penguins fly in the water or whatever. So it would be something that kind oh, of yeah, aerodynamically sure. like ruins, you know, the, flight or swimming or whatever in terms of its efficiency and all that and then they would die because the and other you know predators would kill them and eat them yeah I, the the one thing that makes me think is that it it seems like it might be like a like a missing i don't want to say missing link i just like a something in between two other types of idioms or aphorisms or whatever i, I don't have it all straight in my head um, but there's on the one side of it, that's like putting thumbs on a penguin has on the one side, it's like, uh, um, don't fix what ain't broke. And on the other okay. side of it is everything's a nail, uh, everything's a nail to a hammer or whatever, that kind of thing, but they're done differently. So this one's somewhere in between those two, it sounds like, because the hammer is going around and hammering everything. Acting so it's 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 not putting anything on. It's just going and destroying or whatever. And then the don't fix what ain't broke is going up and messing with something too that doesn't need to be messed with at all. It's fine or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's like this is somewhere in that. Like it helps maybe even make a triad. Like there's a family resemblance, not resemblance, but this like they belong to a family of things or something. How do you think about that? Mm-hmm. It makes sense when you say it that way that one could view it as in between there. One reason I don't think about the don't fix what ain't broke part is that that sort of has an evaluative component that uh, we talked, I talked in my letter back to you about everything is how it is because it got that way or whatever. That sort of assumes that the way things have got is somehow good, if not optimal which I typically try not to think. And then the hammer nail thing is kind of explains the story version, I guess, where I was imagining this biospheric engineer right. that sort of sees one instance of a successful adaptation and then spuriously reasons from that that, oh, well, this would be great everywhere. <laughs> yeah. The whole, like, to a hammer, everything's a nail. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's fun. Because I'm also hoping if this is going to be very useful to uh, humanity, because that's what it's all about. You know, I want to make a world historical impact here, <laughs> yes. and change the language. That it that this putting thumbs on a penguin would have to not already have a different little aphorism that fills its space. Sure. No, I would agree. Well, is there some other particular instance besides the one, like, is there like a, 
like for instance is there some like like i'm not really a, a policy wonk of any kind but is there some kind of policy that they ha- that had that kind of worked like you know i don't know uh you know it, bringing kids from one school district into another or something. And they're like, oh, it worked. Let's apply it everywhere. You know, let's put thumbs on a penguin everywhere without realizing that well, maybe that, you know, it, there are reasons why it wouldn't work in another place or something like that. I'm just trying to think of like a an instance yeah. where something like that took place. I mean, I'm. it seems like there are, right? There have to be, like already in place right. and that's a perfectly appropriate question and i should have come to the meeting prepared well with we're examples. just kicking this off of course the listeners have to do so it. how can we yeah yeah <laughs> write us with what you think uh, you know contact us with what you think would be a good example of hey that's like putting thumbs on a penguin in the world at large because I, I instead came with my question version instead of the examples of here's it's a place i think it happened I was going to say, well, is this a place? <laughs> yeah, there probably are political examples. Anything where, yeah, there's like, everybody's got to really like, anything where there's got to be some kind of buy-in would seem to me to stand out more than, you know what I mean? Like where everyone has to like adopt some new measure, you know, or whatever it is. And then they were like, well, that worked. Let's do it everywhere. And then they're like, this is not working, mm-hmm. you know? God, I feel like it's just like sort of it's it's close. Like I could reach out and grab it if I knew where to reach, you know? <laughs> yeah, me too. So I'm going to edit one in. I'll just say take a pause right here and then you can say, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Okay. And then we'll I'll edit. It. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> what else about this topic can we talk what about? What I was going to I was going to use that to ask what I hoped was a provocative question. Oh, shit. And because I'm also this type of person that's in constant existential angst or whatever, I'm like, all right, well, I think that philosophy is so great and I like doing philosophy. And we, well, you got to think about everything and analyze it, make arguments and, and persuade others and construct reasonable sets of beliefs and all this crap. Yeah. And so then I was just going to ask myself or you or the world or have everyone ask themselves, is... Is philosophy just putting thumbs on a penguin? Or is science or is whatever? Mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the things in my case would be, is all this highfalutin, analytical, occidental tradition that we're developing here called philosophy and all of the things, the putative benefits it provides to humanity or individuals is it really good for us? Would we, in the sense, kind of Terence McKenna, archaic revival style, may we be better off in important ways if we didn't have all this fancy thought? Would maybe, and then, you know, it gets all Camus-y or something, right? Or start or whatever. It's all, oh, well, as soon as you start thinking about things, then you realize how awful everything is. And the ignorance is bliss and all this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, maybe maybe us monkeys aren't ready for this kind of thumbs of philosophy or science. Or, you know, its usefulness is way past, right? That would be the other thing, is that 
it was good at a certain period of time it peaked and then now it's just like it's not as useful and we haven't figured something else out to do with our intellectual time or whatever uh you know we're still putting philosophy into everything and is that you know kind of in a way the provocativeness that you're taking it that sounds like maybe putting thumbs on a dolphin right because they tell me dolphins used to have five-fingered hands or whatever right <laughs> and then they moved around and turned this way and became fins you know. and they lost so maybe we'd be slapping a thumb back on where it, it was there before and then they got rid of it anyway yeah um there was a you you mentioned Camus and I was thinking about this one existential philosopher that I've slowly started getting into. I haven't been able to purchase any of his books yet, um, but I'm very interested. And there's plenty of information on him out there. And I think Emil Churan, that Romanian guy, have you heard of him? No. So he was a <clears throat> he was a philosopher who was an existentialist back in the existential movement days did the bulk of his work during that time but he was he's pretty heavy into the like everything is meaningless and that's the point you know like that kind of stuff and so um uh and he was very critical of everything very in almost sort of a Wittgensteinian style just like this is not good this is not you know that kind of like philosophy was also he thought metaphysics was a complete waste of time and all that kind of crap which i suppose there are many who think as well and he was sort of a nihilist and he wrote in this sort of almost as if i wonder if he was modeling himself off of some of the books that came out maybe posthumously for nietzsche um fred nietzsche uh you know because they almost seem like for nietzsche's work it almost seems like there's like a he'd like unfinished thoughts. Like he just like had a thought and he wrote it down. And then he kind of was like, well, that thought's done. And he walked away. And then later on he was like, Oh, I got another thought. And then they just kind of like, I don't know how it came to be, but it's more just sort of like rapid fire phrases. in some of these things, uh, maybe that was the intention all along, but this Emil guy, that was his intention. He didn't want to write in a normal way at all. So he has a similar kind of look to his stuff. It's just like, something that kind of separates one thought from the next. And that's kind of how it goes. It's like one aphorism after the next. And so he had this sort of similar, I think, uh, of course his was probably layered deeply with, and we, or whatever, but uh, he had this one line where he says, I live because the mountains do not laugh and the worms do not sing. And I kind of, for some reason, I thought of this putting thumbs on a penguin like he lives because of the things we cannot like control or whatever it is like there's no new dangled thing that we can entertain ourselves with that isn't more or less just kind of making us bide our time and not think of the inevitable death or the great silence of our existence if we just stop or whatever and i kind of think you know when you ask, you know, are we putting thumbs on a penguin with respect to philosophy or science, just in a sort of provocative way, it makes me think of that, like that kind of like, yeah, well, what if we were, then we're just living our lives and just doing our thing and not even worrying about that kind of stuff or whatever. Like, um, I'm obviously not 
deeply into his stuff yet, so I can't give it do it justice. But it just made me think of that idea, like you know, worms do not sing. Well, let's not put a song in every animal, you know, like oh this worms this worm's got to sing, you know, or anyway. Yeah, clearly opera is the greatest art form, <laughs> and we need to teach it to the earthworms, right? Immediately, sign language to the monkeys or whatever, right? Or mm-hmm. the cocoa or. You know, the, the gorilla, that kind of thing. I, I think that's similar to part of what I was at least considering. I still, at the moment, of course, come down unsurprisingly on the other side. I don't think so. Or I'd make some convoluted argument that, yes, penguins ought to have thumbs. They'll be better off. <laughs> uh, the little meme version doesn't consider that possibility. Oh, but, but they shouldn't have yeah. thumbs? Right. We're, we're just assuming that thumbs are... Are important. And that they should... Not come. very apt in that context. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. But, yeah, does something about learning existential philosophy remove the beauty from the sunset or whatever? I don't know if that's what he was... If that's a separate message from what you were just saying. His is more like, you know, suffering is living. So when you try and distract yourself from it, you're you're not alive or whatever. That kind of crap. Like existential philosophers seem to all be. Like, you know, they you should embrace that kind of stuff. But that's not quite... Did you just shuffle your uh, chips? <laughs> That'll be like your call sign when you're getting frustrated. Be like, no! You're like, uh-oh. He's shuffling his chips. Knox runs to the other room. Um, he's, anyway, uh, yeah, I just, I just, you know, was just talking. But um, I was thinking, like, if a, there was a positive case for putting thumbs on a penguin, um, or if we were to ask the question, is science or whatever putting thumbs on a penguin, I think that there might be instances where we could talk about it in terms of like scale right like maybe science isn't putting thumbs on a penguin but i think that there are a lot of people who learn say some new analytical method and they are enamored with it and they're good at it or they understand it so there's that sense of like ah power and so they go around because they've mastered it applying it to all these various instances or situations or data sets or whatever it is and then it just Mm -hmm. becomes i mean i think that there is a component to this phrase which to me highlights like at least in say science or other things too i suppose but the um the trend like a trendy kind of thing where and it's mimetic i suppose to an to an extent where there's an imitative quality um you know, where everybody's just kind of go, oh, I want to do that too, you know, because that's kind of also the thing that happens. Everyone starts using these analyses in science or whatever, especially in a particular discipline. And you're like, but is this really what, you know, we should be doing on this data set, given what we've learned about the situation, the context, all that kind of crap. And then now that I think about it, I'm like, there's also the sort of comedic element where there was in the Portlandia where they were like, put a bird on it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bryce Shivers. Hi, I'm Lisa Eversman. And, and we, we put, put birds, birds on things. things. Today we're going to go to a store on Mississippi Avenue. Nothing has birds on it, but you know what we're going to do? 
We're gonna put birds on things. Spruce it up. Make it pretty. Put, put a bird, bird on it. it. <laughs> They're putting mm -hmm. birds on everything, right? And that almost has a similar kind of quality where it's like, does it need a bird on it? Oh yeah, it's awesome. I love putting birds on things, you know? And maybe there's some like art artist out there who would do something like that. And they're like, oh yeah, that's Jeff Johnson's art. You can always tell because there's a fucking bird on it, you know, or whatever. Um, I know there's some politicians out there that would like to do it, except for them. It's, hey, put a mask on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what you were just saying helps me appreciate more the relationship between this and if all you have is a hammer, then everything looks like a nail or whatever. When you have the a person who learns a new technique yeah. or something, and then they want to find that everywhere so that their expertise will be useful. And then when you said the trendy thing about, yeah, I think I want to do that too. I, as the sort of cynical person, look at it from the other side, the power dynamics or whatever, and instead think about the person who's like, yeah, you want to do this too. Yeah, yeah, of course. And are forcing it upon you. And then again, I go back to the masks. Because it starts from the top, and they say, all of you need to be wanting to have masks on. Mm -hmm. And then, a few months later, a year later, lo and behold, all these people, to use the polite term, are like, yeah, yeah, I, I want a mask on, and you should have a mask on. And Yeah. Like, no, you, mask whether or not it's accurate, that's not my current point. Right. It's just, none of you know anything about science, but all of a sudden, you're very strong advocates for yeah. thou shalt wear masks. And it just, yeah. I also think of like the same top-down thing. There could be something to the trend initially. Like, like back in the day when there used to be like music companies and you'd go and actually buy your music in a in a store, like a physical place, and you'd run, you know, you'd fan through all the different records or CDs or tapes or whatever, however old you are. Um, and then, you know, there'd be these these scenes they would call them right they would be you know and and the one when we were younger growing up was like the grunge scene in particular was seattle and there were though bands and it was a scene it was a little trendy thing but they were all very eclectic apparently when you look dig into the history of it but then the big musical corporations came by and they're like okay you got to look like you know we got to look you know you know tie your your flannel shirt around your waist and you know like there was like a yeah yeah there's and then like they a, construct boy bands and whatever. Right, yeah, exactly. And Or just, like, you never, like, you'd see this one band come out of nowhere, and you'd be like, what's going on? And they just, like, look and sound sort of like it. You know, there's a lot of that, like, oh, we need someone else who sounds like Eddie Vedder, but he's not so talking about child abuse, you know, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, something. But, like, you just, like, there is that top-down thing that comes eventually to something, because they, they don't want to do the work of building something up from the ground, you know? Fuck that shit, right? They're just going to take it and be like, okay, look at these thumbs. I got some thumbs here. You need these thumbs. Put them on. As soon as thumbs came on the scene, then everybody needed them. Well, speaking of thumbs, my son, on his gaming controllers, they have these, like, extender things, which apparently make you move faster and all that kind of stuff. And I just kind of, I think, well, there's another thing directly related to thumbs. Is like, oh, like your little thumbstick, your little yeah, joystick. Yeah, the joystick it's longer, thing. then you have more yeah. range of motion and leverage or whatever. You need to, yeah, yeah. But I don't know if that really, like, I'm like, that was a waste of money. Um, but whatever. Are your thumbs not good enough? Enhance your thumbs. Yes. Thumb enhancements. <laughs> yeah. Take these pills. 
stick these vacuum tubes on your thumbs while you're asleep. <laughs> Thumb enlargement surgery. Or just in general, like, you know, need quicker thumbs. Well, you put these on everywhere you go, you know, and, and you'll be able to drive a car better or something. It's the reaction time that you need with your thumbs. No more accidents. Who needs a seatbelt? <laughs> anyway. Uh, 21st century America. Reactionary time. <laughs> What's your re not reaction time anymore? Yeah, it's reactionary. all just reactionaries. What's your reactionary time? Yeah, all the time. It's my reactionary time. All right. See you next week, nerds. Everybody, start using this. Putting thumbs on a penguin now. <laughs> <laughs>